You are listening to Creation Talk, a creation.com podcast, proclaiming the truth to honor the Creator while providing credible answers. Well, welcome to the show today. My name is Keaton Halley, and today on Creation Talk, we're going to be discussing Neanderthals and cavemen. I'm Dr. Robert Carter, and we are talking about a fascinating subject and a very interesting question of how we take this idea of cavemen, Neanderthals, and things like that, and put them into the Bible. Yeah, can they be squared with uh, the account that we read in Genesis, um, where Neanderthals, um, subhuman descendants from apes, are evolutionary cousins, or were they people made in the image of God? And are they pre-flood or post-flood, descendants of Adam or descendants of Noah? These are all excellent questions. All that we're going to cover. So um, maybe, Rob, we could start with just when Neanderthals were discovered, you know, where they're found and, and things along those lines. Well, the first Neanderthal skeletons were discovered in, in Europe in the 1800s, and it was a giant mystery of who they were. This is right as evolution was starting to pick up steam, and we discovered these enigmatic skeletons, and they looked a little more brutish, a little more ape-like than modern humans, and so therefore they were shoved right into the evolutionary picture. Yeah. And it was a huge thing saying, look at this, we obviously we evolved from a lower brutish form. Yeah, the first bones were even found before Darwin published his Origin of Species, right? So immediately they were kind of interpreted when those ideas were becoming popular as as subhumans. And even today, right, we call another person a Neanderthal. It's not exactly taken as a compliment. <laughs> oh, no, it would not be. <laughs> so the, the popular imagination is kind of the idea that Neanderthals are are less than human. Yeah, and it's always the way they've been pictured. They're kind of stooped over, usually carrying a big club, maybe dragging a woman by the hair or you know, they're, they got a bone in their, in their hair or something like that. Just, it, it's really quite silly the way they've been pictured. In fact, even a lot of modern depictions of movies or uh, documentaries, I keep seeing the same exact stock footage of this guy in animal skins silhouetted in the front of a cave. And he's kind of like doing this sort of thing. I've seen this like in three different documentaries. And it's ridiculous because the guy would be freezing cold. Yeah. Neanderthals weren't stupid. Yeah. If they're smart enough to wear a skin, they'd be smart enough to tie it tight so that it's actually close-fitting warm clothing, not just like a skin draped over your shoulders. Yeah, and I know some of those early reconstructions, they also showed them with bent knees and so forth, which doesn't make sense for efficient walking, you know, but that's that's the way apes sort of stand up, right? So they were trying to connect them to ape-like ancestors. The first Neanderthal skeleton discovered uh, looked like he had rickets, which is caused by a vitamin D deficiency, which causes a warping of the long bones, and arthritis. And so, of course, this individual was suffering, and he would he had a souped-over posture because of disease, not because he was transitional between the ape way of walking and the human way of walking. But that image has stuck with us now for over 150 years. And we'll get into their anatomy later. We wouldn't say that all the distinctive features of Neanderthals were attributable to disease, right? They, oh, no, they're actually worse. Yeah. Yeah. But what's the public, most of the public is not necessarily aware of is that evolutionists themselves have really rehabilitated the image of Neanderthal man over the years. And today, when the sculptures are made and put in museums and magazines, uh, they look quite a bit different than those early reconstructions. Oh, yeah. They look human. They look modern. Now, they're not quite the same as modern man, but they're not any more different than a major racial group. Of, of people. I mean, there are tall people and short people and people with big heads and people with little heads. And you can get groups of people that look similar to one another and different than other groups of people. They're essentially, even though I don't like to use the word race, they're, they're essentially a racial group that lived in Europe and Asia 
in the early years after the flood. Yeah, and that'd be from a, from a creationist perspective. But yeah, we do, we do find the bones in Europe and the Middle East and Western Asia. And we've only fo- found something like 500 Neanderthal skeletons. I, I mean, although that's quite a bit. It's not just a few scraps and bits of bones. We find very complete skeletons. So we do have a good idea what Neanderthals look like. Yeah, and it's important for people to know that we have that much information about them. It's not just one skeleton. It's a whole bunch and found over a huge range. I mean, thousands of miles. Yeah. And we can even see in some bones, there are some groups of Neanderthals, like specifically ones that live in Western Spain. They look much more like modern humans, but those are also the earliest Neanderthals. Mm. So, it looks like in the years after the flood, as they inbred and inbred and inbred in a very small population over a, a long time, centuries at least, they became more and more distinct. The earliest ones don't have the classic Neanderthal shape. Yeah, and I know a lot of the sites where we find the bones, um, you can't even find skulls and skeletons that are classified as modern humans, Homo sapiens, and yet some of the same features that you find in Neanderthals you can find in those bones. And some are even hard to classify because they have mixtures of, of traits. And genetically, we've also discovered individuals that are mixtures of Neanderthals and modern humans and another enigmatic group called Denisovans, which we might get to a little later. In fact, if you think about if, you know, genetics is telling us that these groups of ancient people interbred, which tells us that these are Homo sapiens because they can interbreed, they're the same species. But If you think of like all the vast eons of time the evolutionists want to believe in, and even if an interbreeding event happened, the probability of you finding an individual that's 50% human, a modern human, and 50% Neanderthal, you're never going to find that person. And yet, we have. In a cave in eastern Russia, there, a Denisovan cave, we we found a, a girl who's half Neanderthal, half Denisovan. And yet, the the Neanderthal part doesn't look like the Neanderthal that's buried three feet away. The Neanderthal genetics is more like Neanderthals from Europe, from Croatia. So, we see interbreeding in the genetics. We see intermediaries in the bones. It's quite clear that this is not a species. It's a people group. And the Denisovans, um, if people aren't aware of of those, that... We haven't found um, like a complete skeleton of a Denisovan to know what they looked like, but we've they were initially identified based on just um, some teeth and finger bones, I believe it was from this cave. The first one was a was one finger bone from that from Denisovan cave. Since then, they found some teeth, some uh, a jaw that they think in, in Tibet actually, which they think might have come from one, and we find their genetics in East Asians. So, we know that they were people and we know they left descendants. Very good. Why don't we talk a bit about just um, different categories of evidence that Neanderthals were, in fact, human beings. That um, even though evolutionists sometimes classify them as a, a distinct um, species, Homo neanderthalensis, there's good evidence that they could be reclassified as Homo sapiens. They, from a creationist perspective, they'd be, as you said, people who descended from Noah and the people aboard the ark. So. Why don't we first talk about their anatomy of Neanderthals? Did their skeletons look like people alive today? Yeah. They're a little shorter than, you know, your modern European, but they're not shorter than the average human across the world. They're stocky. They had thick bones. They had big muscle attachment sites on the bones, which means they were very muscular. Their uh, their rib cage was um, 
Modern humans, we have what's called a barrel-shaped rib cage. Mm-hmm. Their rib cage flared out at the bottom. It was it was a, a bell-shaped rib cage, but you know that's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. They don't have an ape-like skeleton. They have modern human hands, modern human feet, hands and feet. Yeah, now, like us. Unlike many of the other, you know, like the australopithecine fossils yeah. that we find. Yeah, those, those would which be clearly ape-like have a toe separation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. our thumb. Right. Yeah, we have a thumb. But chimpanzees have a toe. Their big toe kind of does that also. That's not a modern foot. Neanderthals have a modern foot. Yeah. Now, what separates them though, what makes them different, a bun in the back of their head is called the occipital bun. Mm -hmm. They have a sloping forehead. They don't have much of a chin. But we find sort of things like that in modern humans also. Not usually all in one package, but those bits and pieces are floating around in our population. It's just weird that they're all together in one person or one individual yeah it's not unique to humans sometimes on ministry i do people watching at the airport and i can definitely identify neanderthal traits (laughs) in living living humans you know yeah they kind of had that elongated skull it's almost like if their skull was plastic somebody grabbed the front and yanked it forward so yeah yeah, their chin recedes as you say and they're you got a sloping forehead it's not like their face is longer it's that they don't have a chin and their forehead slopes back a little bit so it looks like their face is sticking forward but it's not more forward than a modern humans necessarily. They also had something called a hyoid bone, which humans have in their in their larynx. It allows us to speak and to articulate. Chimpanzees and other apes do not have this, but Neanderthals did. So it really does look like they could talk like we can talk. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah, it's shaped the same way as ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh, what I was going to say too is their brains actually, on average, were larger than Homo sapiens living, you know, modern humans today. Yeah. So no no reason to think they were dim-witted. No, not at all, especially when you consider all the archaeological evidence associated with them. Let's just pause for a second. And audience, if you have not yet clicked on the subscribe button and you're interested in creation topics, now is the time to do so. Yeah, that'd be a great way to follow up and continue to get great content from our podcast over time. Well, let's move on then and talk about some of the cultural evidence that Neanderthals were human. What do we know from their behavior and culture and so forth? Well, first of all, we have to understand that everything has changed. Most people aren't aware of what has changed. The amount of archaeological evidence we find associated with Neanderthals that points to them being human is astounding. It's not just a little bit. We have evidence that they may have painted in caves. They had the controlled use of fire. They, uh, they searched the landscape for rare minerals and ground them up into powders, maybe for cosmetics. They buried their dead with, with flowers and ceremonial objects, sometimes with their heads pointing toward the sunrise. They clearly built shelters. They subdivided their caves into uh, partitions and made a very good use of heat and fire. So it's not just a cold, damp place. They had skins and things like that. It's all, all sorts of crazy things that no one expected from these supposedly brutish half-ape people. They are clearly human. And that brings up a point too about um, did they did they always live in ca- caves? We we often talk about cavemen. Of course, we have people living in caves today. So just because you do live in a cave doesn't make you less than human. True. Yeah, I think you mentioned their, their shelters. Some may have lived in caves, but they we also find shelters uh, that they created outside of caves. It would be almost impossible to have an entire population living in nothing but caves. They're just too few and far between. Most caves aren't really suited for long-term habitation. They're just too uncomfortable and too wet or too hard to get to. But the reason we find the so-called cavemen is because that's the place where the artifacts and the bones and now the DNA survives the best. 
they they probably I mean they ranged far across the landscape in roving bands. They they spent time outside. I'm sure I don't have really good evidence for it, but I'm pretty sure that they had the ability to build houses um, out in the field. They didn't have to live in caves necessarily. There was a good article in their most recent creation magazine about neanderthals actually building shelters you know apart from caves yeah they had uh, many tools too a wide variety they had javelins that initially people thought would have been just used for thrusting but they they say that would be dangerous you'd have to get really close to these large game animals that they hunted Uh, but they realized these are great they're like weighted just right for for throwing long distances and they're very accurate and so forth they even built hafted tools that is like composite you know like a wooden shaft with a stone tip or something like that they also used a glue made out of birch bark by boiling down the birch bark yeah and they would actually glue their spear points to their spear shafts so while the rest of the world was uh taking deer guts and stripping out the intestines and making line out of that and tying things to their spears uh, neanderthals were using a super glue yeah very good so clearly all this behavior is consistent with them being made in god's image yeah let's just maybe conclude with talking more about some of the genetic evidence because now we've been finding dna uh retrieving it from these ancient neanderthal bones and what does that tell us about their relationship to modern humans well shockingly it tells us that they were actually human the earlier neanderthal dna evidences they're looking at mitochondrial DNA and they said, look, we found a mitochondria from Neanderthal and it's not found in modern humans. Therefore, Neanderthals and modern humans must not have interbred. Mm-hmm. But then when they started sequencing the entire genomes of the Neanderthals, they realized that a lot of bits and pieces of Neanderthal found in modern humans. In fact, about 60% of the Neanderthal genome is in modern people. And most people are, I don't know, most people who lived outside of Africa, we shall say, because Neanderthals didn't live in Africa. So it shouldn't be a surprise that they didn't leave any descendants. Well, there's no descendants of Neanderthals in Africa. They're pretty much all outside of Africa. Yeah. But 2 to 3% of our genomes, if you're a non-African, come from Neanderthal. It doesn't sound like a yeah, lot. So that means you, you and I, like our ancestors, some of them were Neanderthals. If you go by what way. Yeah, two out of every hundred ancestors mm-hmm. was a Neanderthal. So we're not talking about a single interbreeding event. We're talking about people group that just merged together. So the Neanderthals are living in Europe and Asia after the flood. And later on, a larger group of people moves into the area. We call them modern man, if you want. There was probably warfare. There was probably a lot of cultural strife. But people are people and people do what people do. And therefore, Neanderthal genes are with us today. Yeah, kind of their particular signature we find... And that was really a shock to the evolutionary community when uh, this only came out like uh, 10 or 11 years ago that there was this interbreeding going on. Because yeah. prior to that, there were like these rival evolutionary camps, but the, the predominant one was the out of Africa hypothesis. And that view said that modern humans replaced Neanderthals. The Neanderthals all died out and there was no mixing of those two populations. And this evidence actually showed that the creationists had it right all along that yeah, we've been saying they're human. We were saying, no, Neanderthals are just related to us, and they're, they're, they should be classified as the same species. And so um, we're not surprised to find that, that intermixing between different people groups. And the mixing between humans and Neanderthals was a huge shock because we weren't supposed to have evolved into Homo sapiens until, you know, 50,000 years plus or minus 100,000 years, depending on whose number you want to use. But the point is, Neanderthals split off from the lineage that led to modern man hundreds of thousands of years ago 
They're not supposed to be Homo sapiens. Homo sapiens is supposed to have evolved in Central Africa way after we split from Neanderthals. And then after we left Africa, we ran into Neanderthals and had children with them. Mm -hmm. It it raises huge questions. And now we're finding out more and more and more about how similar they are to modern humans. You can no longer say humanity evolved in Africa. All right. Any other points you want to make on the DNA? Um, What do we know today about like mitochondrial... DNA and Y chromosomes of Neanderthals. Well, it's true that we've never found a Neanderthal mitochondria in modern man. But the Neanderthal Y chromosome, which for a long time we didn't even have one, it was the weirdest thing that every time they sequenced a Neanderthal skeleton, it was a female. But then they finally found a male. We had this partially sequenced Y chromosome. It was really degraded. It was really bad quality. We had that for a long time, but just a year or two ago, Someone went and did a high-quality construction of a Neanderthal Y chromosome, and it was very similar to that of modern man. Mm. And that was a surprise, because now the Y chromosome atom between man and Neanderthal is much more recent than they used to say. So, their Y chromosome is very human. I actually wasn't even aware of that, Rob. That's really fascinating. Yeah. And you contrast that with when the, the chimpanzee Y chromosome was sequenced, it turned out to be much more Dis, more dissimilar, <laughs> less yes. similar to humans than they expected. It's In fact, we have articles on that on creation.com. I wrote that article probably 10 years ago. You know, if the evidence is really, as we're saying, that, that there's so much that helps to show that Neanderthals were human, we might think about why then do evolutionists regard them as subhuman or evolutionary cousins, an offshoot that, that didn't evolve into modern man? Well, part of it is evolutionary baggage. It's hard to say everything we've been saying for the last 200 years was wrong. It's not easy to do. Some of it is also you have these cultural memes in your head where you're just assuming things are true that aren't. And it takes a long time to work those things out. Mm -hmm. The other problem is that it conflicts with the out of Africa theory, which is the predominant idea of where humans evolved. We don't believe that at all, but they do. And therefore, when you have these two things that are conflicting, you don't necessarily weld them together very easily. They have a certain paradigm, a framework for interpreting the evidence, and then they fit the evidence into that story they're telling yeah. in so far as it can be. And um, yeah, I think a lot of it is, is biased in the reconstructions. But really, even among evolutionists themselves, there are differing ideas and um, competing theories and so forth. So a, a lot of the times we can agree with a certain evolutionary camp that sees the evidence more like we see it as creationists. All right. Well, that probably is enough for today. So uh, regarding Neanderthals, they certainly do fit with a biblical perspective of world history. So they would have been human beings, post-flood people groups that quickly spread out after the time of the Tower of Babel. Evolutionary reconstructions of Neanderthals are catching up to the biblical point of view. That In museums today, they seem to be depicted as more and more human. The more we learn about them, the more that becomes clear. So we hope people will just be encouraged that you can trust the Word of God beginning in the very first book. 